us anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Happy Bank Holiday Monday to everybody. We managed to make it through the weekend with uh, a nice away win in a scruffy manner, I guess I would say, rather than anything else. But at least we we came away with some three points and seemingly no injuries, although uh, Mendy cramped up, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that's nothing too serious. So, I was lucky enough today today being Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, to uh, have a nice chat with uh, somebody who's become a little bit of a international Wrexham social media, I'm going to call him a star, but he's a, a really good character, so Michael Starkey, if you're on Twitter you'll you'll hear him on, he's hosting his own spaces now, he comes in on some of the spaces that we do, he's, uh, he's a regular contributor now, having become a, a fan self-obsessed I think you would call it so uh, yeah I managed to get we had a couple of hours chatting um our thoughts about Woking was was first up obviously Michael had managed to see that this weekend because it was obviously uh, broadcast on BT um we talked through player ratings and our thoughts generally on that Woking game then we managed to have a, a a chat around the documentary just I think everybody's probably talked enough about it for now um but we just shared some thoughts because i haven't been online much since then so just some thoughts and got his thoughts from a, an international perspective um then we had a, a a chat around some news that broke tonight about the streaming international and domestic streaming which has kind of unfolded while we were while we were online um with Wrexham requesting to uh, be able to stream internationally and domestically and uh, the national league stroke BT seemingly not even acknowledging that we've put a request in by the sounds of it so we've seen a statement from the club and Ryan and sort of Rob's hinted towards Ryan's tweet as well so uh, we've got some uh, just a bit of early chat around that although it's difficult I think that one needs to play out in front of us this week so we can see where uh, see where we go with that but we we, we spoke about it because obviously it was relevant news uh, and then we spoke a little bit about Gateshead sort of our predicted lineups and our score predictions so just a nice little uh, hopefully this is a nice little podcast that can uh, if you've got any free time pre-Gateshead um, you know it might be a nice bit of filler for you um, I think last week I might have forgot to thank 1987 till present for allowing us to use the music in the podcast if I did I'm sorry Neil um, so uh, I'm making a special effort today so um, yeah as ever 1987 till present song someday uh, is what we use in the pod for a couple of the stings and intros and I, I'll play it as we as we go out you should be aware that Neil's going to be playing at the turf uh, in, in a few weeks' time. So, obviously, everybody should be making their way out to the uh, the fan zone to see to see him there where they'll play that. You will hear the song at the race course. Uh, they do play it pre-match, so listen out for it. And, I'll as ever, I always link it. So, I'll, I'll put a link in my Twitter for uh, their Bandcamp page where you can buy the single. Um, and all money's made go to uh, the mental health charity Mind. So... 
be conscious of that when you're when you're purchasing in it because they do allow you to sort of dictate how much you want to pay for the song so uh you know be be generous if you can uh, and there are obviously there is other music on there so there are other songs there that you can listen to but obviously from our point of view with them being with neil being a big Wrexham fan and uh, and his brother who wrote it then uh you know that's what we that's what we focus on so f- thank you to, to to the boys as usual um so yeah let's get into my chat now with michael um and uh yeah i'll come back after So, did uh, did you manage to see the Woking game? I did. I saw it. I uh, watched it at the uh, the now the now famous cigar lounge that is taking Twitter by storm. <laughs> uh, it was my first match that that I was able to watch uh, as a Wrexham fan in season match. I was able to pay uh, the, the ten dollars uh, to watch the Macclesfield preseason friendly, yes. um, which was streamed. Yeah, I, I was able to watch that. So I guess Macclesfield was my first match able to watch. Um, but first in season, you know, real competition. Uh, yeah, this was my this was my first one uh, this last Saturday at Woking. It was a lot of fun to watch. Okay, so we'll come on to streaming in a minute because there's been about. I'm not sure if you're aware, but the club have released a, a statement about oh, yeah. streaming. Yeah, uh, in the last, oh, yeah. I'm going to say it was an hour or so. I've lost track now because uh, I've been doing stuff. So in the last hour or so, so I have put that down as a point to talk about later. But um, so we'll we'll save that uh, for that as we digest it. So. Um, see, from my point of view, that, that Woking game uh, was a tough watch. We didn't necessarily play particularly well. And Aaron Hayden got us out of trouble a couple of times. Um, you know, he's outstanding in the air. So we were lucky there, really, that, you know, um, he was so good. Um, but I you see, for, I say, from our point of view, I wouldn't have said, we've definitely not clicked yet. Uh, sure. You know, we, we're definitely not firing on more than three cylinders, I wouldn't have said yeah. at the moment. Um yep. So it was quite frustrating to watch and it was a bit bitty and it was a bit, you know, um, but obviously it might be different for you because, um, as I say, I'm not sure um, what what sort of uh, commentary you're watching. You, did, were you, was it a BT stream? Was it some sort of other American stream? What were you watching? Yeah, it, it was the BT stream. And, I, and I'll say this, Matthew, about what you just said. Um, it, 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 I don't think we've put together, you know, a, a full 90 minutes as a side yet, but when you look at the first, uh, what, we're five matches in now, won three, lost one, and drew one. Um, we're three, one, and one sitting here going into match six tomorrow, and we haven't put together 90 minutes yet. Well, look out, league, when we do put together 90 minutes, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, when, they, when, they, when they are, you know, tactics and strategies and all those things and the personnel that Parky plays – and his and his you know management decisions when all of that comes full force and comes in play, uh, and, and everybody's on the same page about everything that needs to be done. Uh, this is a, a pretty good squad we're going to be putting on the pitch. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was it was very similar. It, it echoes last season, and I think we were hoping we wouldn't have to echo last season because we kept right. so many players. But right. last season was exactly the same, really. Um, what we've got to hope is that we click together quicker. Uh, you know, a month or so quicker than what we did last season because we were only, if if that season would have been a, a month longer, I think we'd have beaten Stockport. Sure, you know, we were close enough anyway, but we yeah. had to put a bit of pressure on them for longer. But uh, you know, we would have definitely beat them. I think absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the, the match Saturday uh, against Woking was was interesting for me. 
Um, not just because it was the first one I was able to watch, but it was a, I was able to, you know, hone in a little more on the tactics and, and the, the formations and those types of things that I always hear, you know, yourself and, and your guests and the podcast and, and social media and Red Passion and all those things that I research every day almost um, that I hear that I hear you guys talk about. Um, it, it, I will say I see a, a very consistent and consensus statement about the midfield and how that hasn't sorted out yet and whether it's personnel or you know I I said yesterday on the Twitter space that I hosted just kind of randomly um depth the depth that Wrexham has because of the financial influx and, and and the personnel that we've been able to obtain is a blessing and it's a curse it's a great thing because God forbid something happened to one of our midfielders, but then you've got Tom O'Connor who can be a pretty quality player. There's not just a massive drop-off of, of, of quality of play. Now, obviously if, you know, Mullen, you know, and Sam Dalby goes in for Mullen. Well, yes, there's, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of drop-off there, but consensus across the board, we have quality backups. And I mean, for God's sake, you got Elliot Lee coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we've seen what he's done, what he did against Eastley, and and what he did this, you know, two days ago against uh, against Woking. Yeah, so I think what um, I, I agree with the statement and what's being said. I think the the thing that I've been quite vocal about it, the thing that we're missing. So we are we're, we're missing a different type of player to what we've got now. So sure. n- numbers wise, we you know you 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 could some people will argue we're we're okay. Um, and if there was severe injuries, you, you can start yeah. to think about using people like, so for instance, Ford, who was a midfielder, you could sure. potentially ask him to do a job and stuff. Sure. But I don't particularly like that. I think, you know, yeah. you want, you players want to know where they are and where they're playing. Um, so, but for me, um, it's, it's a type of player. We, we, we just miss a very experienced midfielder, tough tackling, sure. really experienced midfielder who can, who can, uh, perhaps come in or sit alongside Luke Young or come in for Young if he's injured or if somebody else is injured and we need to swap. But somebody who will just control the game. Because at sure. the moment, that midfield doesn't quite control the game. And I, I sure. call that... I keep, say, I keep referring to it on Twitter as a general. Um, yeah, just, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just that somebody, you know, really experienced 26, 27, 28-year-old who'll come in and just go... Yeah, I, I, they'll know straight away. They'll just go, yeah, I'll make, I can make this click. Don't worry. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they'll come in because just when, if you, obviously you won't get to see it as much as us because of the, this international streaming right, issue. Right. Um, but when you watch Wrexham a lot, what you'll see is that it's quite easy some games for teams to get from their box to our box with very little effort. And sure. that's not what, obviously what you want. So it's just that, that's what you'll, yeah. uh, I, I know uh, Tim from Fearless, Tim from Fearless calls it a nasty bastard, doesn't he? He keeps, he, yeah. If, if, yeah. He, he says on yes. the, their podcast, we need that. It's the same thing as what I'm talking about. You just need sure. that, 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 you know, that real pro will just break up play and he'll cheat and he'll foul and right. he'll, you know, and he'll, he'll rollock players and he'll, he'll right. encourage players when they need it. Um, and that's just what, that, I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're missing now. Yeah. Can we still get promoted without that? Uh, well, last season would imply that we could because we were close. Absolutely. So you know, um, 
it just, just for me, it feels like Parkinson thinks that he's got a nicer technical group of midfielders who have got good feet and they've got good engines on them and they're, you know, they're yeah. all technically proficient. They can pass the yes. ball. They can shoot well. They're, they're good like that. Um, and I think Phil Parkinson thinks that he can sort of use that sort of technical aspect to win midfield battles. But this league is a horrible, grueling slog. And you, yeah. I, I think the majority of people would say, if yeah. you asked, you know, would you like a nice big defensive midfielder tomorrow? I think 80% yeah. of people would go, put their hand up and go, yes, please, can we have one of them? Um, because I think everybody sort of knows Absolutely. that that's what you need. That's what you need. Um, so it's just that. And we all thought, because we, we had this Absolutely. last year, we thought it was Tom O'Connor. Because Tom O'Connor came in, obviously from uh, Burton, I think it was, um, and he had played sort of in defensive positions earlier in his career. So we all th- we were all crying out for this player, and then O'Connor turns up. We all thought it was him, but having seen him, I wouldn't say it is him. He's too nice a footballer. Again, he's very technical. He's really good on the ball. His set pieces sure. are excellent. So he's not, and he's not this tough tackler. So um, I still think that if we were to be greedy and we could just have one more player, that would be that would be the yeah. that, that would be the position. Sorry, I've waffled a bit there. I don't know if that no. made sense to you or not. No, um, yeah, it but... absolutely did. It it absolutely did. I've seen again the the another kind of consensus comment even during the preseason. You know whether you're following social media or the message boards or, or whatever your outlet for information may be. I saw multiple times you know people asking if we could have you know, one more player or, or one more position of need uh, or, or one more, you know, whatever on the pitch. And several times I saw multiple, multiple people talk about a central midfielder and talk about specifically a defensive midfielder, um, you know, a, a brutish guy that can tackle and that will, you know, um, um, be kind of the powerhouse of that midfield. That's because it. Yep. It, it, yeah. And, and I said it last night on my, again, the, the Twitter space that I hosted, but I've seen again, dozens and dozens of times now, Wrexham fans and our fan base talk about how Elliot Lee and Davis. Jordan Davies are, are, are very similar players. And again, I can't speak uh, much to that, but I can also understand where they're coming from when they say that because they can both attack. Uh, they're both good with the ball at their feet. They can both shoot and score, obviously. Um, so it seems like the, the, the one counterpart to the midfield could be that defensive midfielder that, that may be potentially missing right now. Yeah, I think with the same way Palmer came in and sort of made us click last year when he joined, sure. that midfielder could be the one that sort of pieces everything together and all of a sudden yeah. the, the rest of it will flow. I'll just touch sure. on that, uh, that, um, that Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis thing because obviously it's been quite prevalent since the start of the season. Um, oh, yeah. And the common, in fact, I actually had this conversation with my other half um, yeah. who asked me about it. Well, she didn't directly ask me about it. She asked me about something else, but I ended up talking about that uh, to her. And, uh, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the, the common thing is that they're the same. They're, they're basically, people say, well, they're the same player, so you can't right. play them both. So where you have to, you've got to be really careful there, in my opinion. They're not the same player. They've got different skill sets, actually. Davis is a better passer than Lee. Lee's a better dribbler with the ball. He's got a lower centre of gravity. He wants to beat a couple of players. Uh, Whereas Davis will beat you with a pass predominantly now. Um, But what happens is, in in theory, both those people 
take up the same sort of positions on the pitch and neither of them really want to be working backwards. They want to be going right. forwards. Their best yes. work is in and around the sort of, you know, edge of the box uh, of the opposition and they don't want to be working backwards. They're not built for that. Um, and I think that's, that's what, um, that's where, you know, in my opinion, uh, yeah. I, 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 that's what people really mean when they, they say they're the yeah. same type of player and some people go, well, no, they're not. That's what really what they mean is they take up the same positions. Um, and I, I just think I, I, it's, it's going to be really interesting tomorrow because tomorrow, I mean, Gateshead has not Absolutely. started the season well. We'll, right. We will come on to this in a minute, but sure. it'll, I would just be uh, be really interested to see what Phil Parkinson do, does with sort of formation, whether he does try and get Davis and Lee in or not. And I, I say we won't spoil that conversation because I yeah. have got it as a talking point later. Um, but I, it will just be fascinating to see tomorrow uh, whether he can squeeze them both in. I agree. I agree. Because uh, again, against a weak team. It would be. I, I, I'll shut up about it now. But against a weak team, <laughs> that's your chance to do it and have a go and let's right. have a look and see what happens, um, sure. especially early on in the season. Um, so um, you might not be so aware of this. I did, uh, and I'm not sure if you actually saw the little graphic I posted out to you uh, a second ago. But every I week did. I get um, I get fans to submit ratings for the uh, sort of the ratings for the players, and then I average them out. I used to just give out my ratings, but you take too much stick and get too much hassle, so I don't do that anymore. So I get average <laughs> ratings. Um, so uh, I, I've I've put out the average ratings there, um, and I was just let's just go through them and see if there was any that you you think oh well actually that felt a bit harsh to me, sure, or actually sure. that seemed generous to me, or you know what I mean. Um, Absolutely, I, I think people would be really interested in in, in getting your opinion, given yeah. how new you are to the game, and you know, there's no right and wrong answer with this. Remember, everything is opinion. Yeah, absolutely, you know? very so, subjective, very so, subjective, but yeah. but interesting nonetheless. Uh, and you've got to be you've got to be brave to give opinions, especially on social media, because oh, yeah. of the barrage you get backwards. That's right. Um, so there you go. So Mark Howard got a 6.2. So from my point of view, he's probably about right. He didn't have much sure. to do. I don't think he made any, I don't remember him dropping anything or making any mistakes. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, it, 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 it's a, it's what we call, it was a pretty clean game really is what yep. I call it. He didn't have any mistakes. Uh, I don't think, would you, would you agree, disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. One goal coming off the penalty, uh, another goal. Uh, um, I don't want to say coming off an uh, unmarked man, um, yeah. but he, he, you know, he had some separation. Uh, I can't remember if it was Tozer or whoever was marking him, but um, there was some separation there and it was a good cross by that kid and, um, you know, a, a pretty clean goal. So I thought Howard had a, a decent game. Yeah, he couldn't. He, I don't, I, unless you had a few different camera angles, it'd be very difficult to know whether whether he could come for that cross for the, uh, the goal after. But we didn't. We don't have the luxury of all the, the camera angles, so we've got to go off what we what we see. Um, so that was the. So that's why I, I'm not sure you could necessarily say to say, "Oh, you should have come out for the cross." I, I right. think it's too difficult to make that claim, yeah, given that, that we we couldn't really see that. So sure. Ford and Mendy there, six point threes and six point ones, a bit, little bit. I, I don't disagree with those myself, but I would say that we really now we're getting to nearly half a dozen games in. We need these two boys because they're both new sightings to yes. start making an impact, uh, you know, with assists and goals and making yes. a nuisance of themselves. We haven't seen that yet so much, not as much as we'd have liked. Yeah, uh, 
I, I'm going to go on record. I've been on record several times on Twitter spaces and other podcasts that, that and other Twitter spaces that I've been invited to speak on. Uh, I, I'm an Anthony Ford fan. Uh, I think he is underrated right now. I understand, you know, he's still obviously he's a new signing. He's still jello with the team, yeah. uh, jello with the side. Um, I think throughout this season, Anthony Ford is going to be critical to the success of this club on the pitch. Uh, and I, I'd say the same thing about Mindy. He's obviously got several starts under his belt now, but I, I've seen a lot of um, I've seen a lot of you know questioning on Ford and a lot of um, kind of complaints about Ford that I, I I'm not sure if they're just at this point. Uh, I think he's going to be a quality player, and I, I, I think he is. Um, I don't want to say underrated at this point because he did come down. You know. Uh, He's been he's been at higher leagues and those types of things, uh, but I feel like Ford's going to be a huge part of, of this club going forward this season, and is going to be um, a, a starter and be a, a very integral part uh, of this season and our winning our winning ways. Uh, I'll say that those those ratings, uh, I feel like they're pretty spot on. I don't feel like they're too high. I don't feel like they're too low. I think they're pretty comparable. So just to touch on that, I think the, uh, what you're trying to say really is it, overall he's, he's settling in. Um, and I Absolutely. think what, what what people don't appreciate, I mean, obviously the UK is much smaller than uh, the, than America. So uh, sure. forgive me for, for this, uh, for, for this, but yeah. um, what we don't appreciate so much is uh, a lot of the time, especially in the national league players uh, who move clubs, they don't always move from one end of the country to the other, or one side of the country to the other. Lots of the sure. time they'll stay within a 20 or 30 mile radius Right. Uh, and they'll move around those sort of clubs in that area as and when they're sort of wanted and what have you. Um, right. And this homesickness and that type of thing is a really big issue. Um, sure. And because uh, obviously it's slightly different. The players have a bit more power than they do in obviously in NFL. In NFL, you're just told you're going, you're going to this part of the country. You're going to, you know, you're yeah. going to Seattle or whatever yes. and you have to get on with it. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, whereas, obviously, you, you you can kind of you know if you want to, you can sit on your hands and go. Well, actually, I don't want to move there, so uh, I'm not go going. <laughs> so it's sli- right. slight, slightly different in football. Yeah. Um. So you know he's come. You know, obviously, he's come from the sort of Oxford area. Obviously, I don't know exactly where he lived, uh, but you know that is, you know, not far off, halfway off, halfway yeah. down the country. Um. Right. So he probably, you know, I don't know whether he's bought a house, whether he's renting. But these are all things that it takes players time to settle initially. So as well as having a location sort of uh, issue to settle, you've then got different styles uh, of play to sort of learn and, you know, managers expecting different things. Um, And then obviously you've got different expectations from fans. You have to remember, Wrexham had very rarely in the last 15 years bought a player up until obviously the takeover. That's right. You know, we were picking up free agents. Now we're spending money. Um, Yes, sometimes undisclosed so they won't always tell you how much a player has cost so the sure. expectations of of our fans and myself included have gone up we now expect all these players to be much much better um and to, to start quicker and, and and sort of you know make an impact straight away so i think right. some of these new signings you know mendy's another one he's come from another one from the sort of london area in yeah. boreham wood, Boreham wood uh, and, he, yeah. and he's the same if you think about it he's in a similar issue isn't he you know yes. So um, you know, I, th- I think we are we have got to give them a little bit of time before we totally jump on the back of you know what you're saying about Ford getting a bit of stick on social media. I think I think we've just got to give them a little bit of time 
before you make a decision and sort of what we would call write them off and just say, oh, well, they, yeah. they, they weren't very good. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, Ford, Ford, his crosses, I've noticed myself, especially in, uh, in the Woken game on Saturday, uh, his crosses into the box seem very, very high level. Um, he seems uh, uh, defensively, even though he can attack and he can dribble and he can pass and those kind of things, defensively, he seems like a pretty quality player. Um, he played the ball several times uh, pretty well defensively on Saturday, I thought. So, again, I think moving forward, Ford is going to be a very, very high-level player for this club uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully hopefully, uh, uh, many more after this one. Okay, let's do the center half. So, Ben Toza got a 6.1, Max Cleworth got a 6.6, and Hayden, uh, well, was sort of man of the match uh, yeah. from the ratings with an 8.5. So, I mean, predominantly that comes from his goals because obviously he's cropped yes. up with a couple of goals, uh, which is sort of, it is unusual for a center half to get two goals in a game. You'd normally you'd be hoping for one, and then you'd hope your attack would get the others. Um, right. But so, yeah, I don't think there was, I don't think there was any doubt that he was the the best player on the pitch right um because of that um i would like to sit understand a bit more you you might not remember this but on the penalty i think it was the penalty yeah he lets the ball there's a ball played through and he kind of lets it go past him and points to somebody else to get the ball i'd like to see that again to understand I, what he was thinking there yeah. um you'd have to watch it you won't remember it you'd have to probably yep. watch it but that yep. lets that allows somebody then to dribble and obviously the penalty comes so that's the only that's the only criticism i would i could say sure. initially of him but still there's no doubt he was he was man of the match i mean he's turning into to to be in one of Parkinson's best signings because yeah. he was outstanding for us last year until he got injured as well. So, um, yeah, I, would you agree with that or anything? Absolutely. Else? Yeah. yeah, quality. I, I will say, again, as a newer fan, not just to the club, but but to international football, and, you know, you have the team of the day and those types of things that, that, that um, I think it came out yesterday after uh, – yesterday, Sunday. Um, Aaron Hayden didn't even make the, the team of the day and James Jones, who I know we're about to talk about, did, um, which I, I, you know, no, no disrespect or, or hate to James Jones at all. Um, but that, 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 I know it's bizarre. People, yeah, that's yeah, what you're trying to say. Was a... are, exactly. A lot of people are going to agree with that. But long story short, mate, it's, it's, that's, that is preposterous. Yeah, I saw, I did actually, I, 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 obviously I was thinking the same. I think I did make a comment about it. Um, but I did see somewhere, I've, I haven't saved the tweet, but somebody said that on one of the goals, it might have it might have been the one straight after half time, oh. which would have been, I think that was the, was that, was that have been the equaliser? I've lost track now. Um, that uh, he lost his man at the back stick. And that was, that was why he wasn't voted in. But I'm thinking, well, hang on. At the same time, he has sort of, you know, he's scored two goals to make up for two it. goals. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, um, so that made me question that. But regardless, your point is yeah. absolutely valid. It was a bit of a ludicrous guess that piece sure. of guesswork that uh, sure. I think it was non-league, the non-league paper team of the day, I think is what yeah. it was. Yes. Um, yeah. Utterly bizarre. So let's go on to that, the midfield then. So our midfield trio, Jordan Davis got a 6.1, uh, Luke Young got a 6.6, and James Jones got a 5.4. So James Jones, again, last season suffered. Uh, he actually had long COVID, um, and he was playing through through long COVID. I, I right. did, did you guys have long COVID as well? 
Uh, did you call uh, it something different? It was a, a more lingering version of COVID that stuck around for very long time. Yeah, no, it was just kind of COVID in general. Um, yeah. It just affects, you know, affects and, and affected, you know, different people differently, doesn't it? Okay, so yeah, in the majority of cases, within a couple of weeks, you're sort of, you know, you're back to sure. your normal self. Yes. But yes. some people did get effects for, for a much longer period of time. Yes. And he was one who, who really mm -hmm. suffered from it. And then once he recovered, he stepped up a level massively because he was getting quite a lot of stick. Um, so yesterday he played like he was when he had long COVID. Um, he was yeah. pretty anonymous and his passing with us was a bit of a, you know, it was going awry, wasn't finding his player um, and wasn't impacting the game. So I yeah. think that that's, but, but according to the non-league paper, he was brilliant, so, which was bizarre. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what you thought. In, yeah, opposite ends of the spectrum there, is it not? Our, our fan base gives him the lowest rating of, yeah. of all the players and then yeah. the, the paper gives him. Uh, team of the day. I, I will say this, and, and I said this. And, and this is not, you know, hindsight. This is this actually happened. Uh, after the match, my, my girlfriend and I, who, who she's coming along as a fan, I, I quiz her every day on players. Oh, the poor woman. And <laughs> I, I, I do name three players, and she'll get three. And name four players, and then she'll name four. Um, I, I said after the match, I said I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't notice. James Jones during the match yeah. and I notice it's hard not to notice you know Ollie Palmer and Mullen and, and, and Jordan and, and you know Luke and Ben and Aaron scores two goals but it, it, I just I, I don't notice him and even the, the I guess the bigger point when I listen to Mark you know the games that aren't streamed or the games yes. that aren't BT Sport yes, when yes. I listen to Rex and listen to yeah. Mark yeah, when I listen to Mark, he doesn't mention James very much, and, and either because he doesn't uh, make an impact or, or because he just doesn't have the ball at his feet or, or whatever the case may be, but I just don't notice him uh, making an impact on the matches. Yeah, that's fair. That was, I mean, the, say this season, it's been it's definitely been more fair comment. He hasn't, he ended, he, last, at the end of last season, he was much more impactful on games. Now, he is a proper, what we sort of class as a box to box midfielder so sure. he 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 won't he's not going to be the one that slide tackling and uh so often and putting in right. crunching tackles right. and similarly he's not going to do a lot of what davis does the creative aspect of you know, lo lovely passes his job really is the sort of legs in between and he'll press players um and he'll harass okay. and you know charge at their players and get them and then it, it He'll, he'll sort of run back and try and get a toe in rather than do a slide tackle. Sure, sure. You know, he, he, he's, he's, he's that type of player. So he's vulnerable to, to that criticism anyway. To criticism, of the type of yeah. player. Um, uh, so, you know, and football is like that. Unless you score, assist or save a penalty, right. people kind of go, well, what did you do? Right. Um, and especially on TV, right. on TV, you, what you, uh, and you'll see the same uh, with the NFL, for instance. You can't always see what people are doing, what we call off the ball. Yeah. So, in yeah. The, so you know, um, I, not, I'm not trying to preach here, but if, you, if you're at an NFL, wait, sorry, uh, it's an American football game, because I know you're, uh, <laughs> if I remember right, I heard you say you, you're a big college fan. Was it, uh, did, I, did I hear that right? You're a, a big yeah. college, more so perhaps than the, than the NFL? Yeah, that, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, I, I coached college ball um, for a number of years, but I, I'm I'm much more interested in the college game than, than the NFL and, and, and professional football. Yeah. So when you're at a game, you might watch uh, a play unfold 
And when you're there, you can see what a wide receiver does, for instance. Yeah, you can see Absolutely. him making a 30, 40 yard run and not get right. the ball because it's handed right. off to a running back. Right. But on TV, you can't see that because obviously they're focusing on where the ball is. Sure. And James Jones would definitely suffer from it. Would suffer from the same thing. Um, uh, and that's just uh, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. On the on that, so uh, you know, you will he will he is vulnerable to it. But when you when you sort of if you ever see a game in a stadium, you'll see him working all the time. He's Absolutely. got an unbelievable engine on him. But you know, there is that uh, there is that susceptibility, if you like. Sure. Sure. That's good to know. That's good to know. I'm going to be honest. I did not know that. Uh, so again, I appreciate you educating me. That's good to know. Right. So we look at the, we look, we'll look at the strikers, then we'll look at the substitutes. So Mullen and Palmer, uh, uh, similar rating, 6.7 and a seven. I guess the, the good thing uh, is that uh, obviously Palmer got his first goal and what that yes. does is give, it'll give him a bit of confidence now because he's been working really hard as he always does. For a big guy, doesn't have to do some running, but right. obviously strikers are sort of judged really on on sort of goals, um, and so that'll give him a massive boost going into to, tomorrow. And I, if he plays, I pretty much guarantee he'll get a goal tomorrow. That's my bet for tomorrow, is that he'll Quality. get a goal. So they didn't have a lot to go on. They had they were feeding what we call feeding off scraps, really. Scraps, you know, they, yeah. they were, there wasn't a lot of service to them. There was not, you know. But uh, at least, at least you know when uh, when Lee come on, he put that ball into a good area. Yes. Uh, granted, it got a deflection, but it was into the right place. Um, and then obviously Palmer just sticks a toe out, and uh, you know, even though if that would have gone gone in off his backside, he he, he wouldn't have cared. He would no. just be happy just to get Absolutely. a goal, and he's off the mark for the season. Yeah, I think it was quality goal. Uh, glad to see, glad to see Palmer get his first goal of the season, and uh, I agree with those ratings. Think it's think it's pretty spot on. Um, again, th- those guys, th- those ratings are going to be especially for strikers. You know where you where you're looking for those those guys to get goals every matches, uh, every match. Um, if they do, the rating is going to be higher. If they Correct. don't, they may yeah. be a little bit lower. But um, again, I, I agree with those, uh, and, and it was really really good to see Palmer get his first goal of the season. So we'll we'll uh, the, the subs were Hazana who got a six point one, um, who didn't have much to do I guess, didn't have much right. impact. Uh, I'll save Elliot Lee. Uh, it's Dolby come on, so that was again we get getting to see Dolby a little bit more. Yeah. He got a five point two. So we'll, well I'll just touch on that one because I was I, I was to be fair the the, the the lad needs some games. Um, yeah. he, he needs to start a game or two, I think, to get yeah. to get him up to speed. Because sure. he was a bit underwhelming. He was he was thrown around a little bit too easy. Uh, his touch wasn't spot on. It's all it's, it's what we refer to as, as rusty, really. Um, yeah. he, he wasn't quite up, up to speed with it, if uh, if that makes sense. And it showed, I thought. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you'd spotted that or whether you had a different opinion. No, a little bit, yeah. Um, again, after the match uh, on the, uh, the Twitter space that, that um, I think it was Rob Ryan Red hosted, they, they, several people mentioned that about, about Sam, uh, about Dolby. They, they said that he, uh, Rusty is the word for it. You know, you, you come in with, with so very few minutes at the end of the match to play, and it's hard. It, it's almost difficult to make an impact with you know eight or nine minutes left when you've been sitting on the bench right the the entire match so um again i think that rating is pretty spot on um he, he does see i will say he does seem to have 
uh, pretty good pace about him. He runs around well. Um, he's very energetic. He's very, um, you know, I think I think when he gets his legs about him and he and he gets more match time and more minutes and things like that, he'll come on pretty strong later on in the season. Yeah, I agree. We've we've got to be we've got to have some faith in him though and give him a game. Um, oh, you yeah. know, uh, uh, and. It, I, there's not. I, it, it's not the end of the world to put him in in a game like tomorrow, for instance. Sure. So last last season, we really suffered towards the end of the season because Phil Parkinson didn't have a lot of faith in his squad players, um, the players that didn't start all the time. Um, so towards the end of the season, they ran out of energy. They ran out of gas, as we call it, because you know it, it, he'd run them into the ground. They didn't have anything else to give. They were playing all the time, the same sort of right. 11 or 12 players. Whereas right. this season, he's got some options now. So he's got his own reserve striker in, in Dolby. He's got a yeah. game-changing midfielder like Lee. You know, we've still not seen Jordan Tunnicliffe. So he's got these options now. And at some point, you know, you need to start using them because... Yeah. You know, saving a bit of energy. So, for instance, if he didn't play Palmer tomorrow, he played Dolby. Well, Palmer's mm-hmm. going to be fit and ready to, you know, further down the line. That'll benefit yeah. him. And he has yeah. to be a bit cleverer earlier in the season. You can't just run him into the ground and go, "Oh, well, now I better rest you because you 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 knackered." I think he's got to start using that squad a little bit better. Um, yeah. In uh, you know, that's what I think. Yeah, and that, that's that's the blessing, uh, the blessing and the curse. That's the blessing part of the depth of the of the squad, right? Yeah. That I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I agree. So the the uh, so second highest scored player was obviously Elliot Lee. So um, you know that I can't remember how long he came on for um, now, but he Ooh. definitely added a bit of uh, a bit of energy, a bit of dynamism. You know, he, he was running at yes. he was running at defenders. The quality of his Passing was really good, mm-hmm. um, and as I said, that's that that goal for Palmer. Whilst the ball did get deflected from the defender um, into Palmer's path, what Lee did was put it in what we call the right area. So if you put the ball into that area, invariably sure. either a striker scores, a defender scores an own goal, yeah. or which it might have got. I'm not. It was well, no, it wasn't quite going in if I remember, but you know invariably it causes trouble and it caused yes. trouble yesterday and it, but what it eventually meant was obviously palmer had a tap in so yeah. um you know he made a real difference when he came on and i think parkinson really has to give him a start now in yeah. my you know that's what i'm feeling so yeah. uh, what did you think no i agree and that's the that's i said this again after the the, the twitter space yesterday that i that i hosted uh that's the really this it's not only the second time, but it's the second time where he's come in off the bench. Uh, the Eastley game, obviously, he came in and yeah. scored those two amazing goals. And um, he's a quality player, isn't he? Um, but he, he came in and he just gives you, he gives you a, a you know, what we say a spark. You know, he yeah. gives you uh, that energy and, and the passing. And, and I said after the Eastley game, uh, I got on one of the Twitter spaces that was hosted, and, and I said he he just has you know, glue stuck to the bottom of his feet when he has the ball in his possession. I mean, he, he can do whatever he wants with the ball. Uh, he's great on ball. He, he seems to be great off ball. Um, and you just, even to my admittedly untrained eye, it's not very difficult to see that Elliot Lee is a quality, quality football player. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wonder how long he'll be happy sitting on the bench Yeah, uh, when he's coming in, making an impact like yeah. that. 
Um, yeah. uh, so I think it's a it's a, it's going to be at some point. It's and bearing in mind that the player that we have in the same who plays in the same area of the pitch is Davis, who's like the yeah. homegrown talent, who's, scored tw- who's yeah. the hometown boy who scored twenty goals last season. That's going to be a real problem for Parkinson to keep both of, both of them happy. Yeah. He's going to have the... to he's going to have to rotate them cleverly. Yeah. Uh, you know, give them both regular game time to avoid one of them getting fed up, uh, yeah. knocking on his door and going, what the heck's going on? I'm not having this. You know, I want to go yeah. somewhere else and play. Yeah, that's that's the curse part of the depth, is it yeah. not? That's that is a blessing and a curse, brother. It, it's a double-edged sword. But I, I think, you know, these guys are professionals. And, and as long as, you know, as long as the wins are coming and the quality of play is coming, um, these guys are professionals, and and again, when you can when you can rest Davies for a match and start Lee, when you can rest Lee and start Davies, you know the goals are come, the assists will come, the quality of play will come, and the wins will come, and I think that'll settle the uh, you know settle those tensions, so to speak, down. So the man who has to make those decisions is Mr. Phil Parkinson, who got an oh, average yeah. rating of six point four yesterday. Um, felt a little bit harsh to me, but. Uh, uh, considering that you know we've had he's had much lower scores given some of yeah. them. um uh, but uh, so yeah that felt a little bit you know it's hard, and you're always it's hard to guess why people always score somebody in a certain way right. but i think right. I, he's going to be a victim of unless we sweep teams away 3-0 right. 4-0 5-0 he's probably never going to score an 8-9 or a 10 is he he is not um as a as a as a former coach myself i, I can tell you uh, very, very, um, you know, very, very close to my heart on this one. Um, it, it's a matter of when the team wins, the side played well, right? Yeah. And, 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 and if we do happen to suffer a defeat or a draw that, you know, we don't feel um, was quality to, to perhaps a mid-table team or a, less ta- a bottom table team, then, then that score, that rating for Parkinson is going to drop, isn't it? Um, so, you know, again, that subjective opinion base, obviously, but, you know, when he sent, when he sent Lee in, something I did notice again to my untrained eye, when he sent Lee in yesterday or Saturday rather, and took Kluwerth off, which I found interesting as well. Lee came in and he kind of signaled with his hands, uh, diamond. So they, they changed formations and that formation changed the plan B, so to speak, right. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of people like to say that, that maybe not back parky as much um, that he doesn't have a plan B. Well, he sent Lee in and because we needed goals and because Woking only had 10 on their side, he takes one of our defenders, Kluwerth off and then he comes in and changes formation, uh, at least in the midfield. And uh, you know, he brought in a, a plan B. So again, I thought Parky did a great job on Saturday um, I understand the rating, maybe a little bit higher, but but again, that's that's subjective. Yeah, I think I mean Clueth's been outstanding for us. Oh yeah, but I think what people have to realise is that whilst to, to, uh, Hayden kind of is consistently good as a defender and an attacking defender from set pieces, is heading um, right. is is a massive uh, a massive weapon. Yep. Um, it's always likely to be. Clueth that goes if we're chasing a game because uh, Toza's getting a little bit of criticism. I don't know whether you, you've picked up on yeah, that he because is. of his performances. But yeah. his long, but his long throw is such a you know that's it's, such a get we, we yeah. call it a get out of jail card. You yeah. get a goal out of nowhere with that. Yes. So him and Hayden 
connected about six, probably about five or six times last season with that long throw for a goal. So unfortunately, what we have to accept is that whether we whether we think it's right or not, it is highly likely that it will yeah. be Max that goes off. Uh, even though he is, you know, he's been a he's been a Rolls Royce this season. Yes, but it just you know if we're chasing a game or what, it it just it, we're more likely to score from the long throw or yeah. a set piece. Um, which is going to drive some people mad, but I think we Absolutely. just have to accept it. And yesterday was a prime example. Whilst we didn't get yeah. a goal directly from it, obviously it allowed Lee to come on in this instance. Yeah, and that's exactly what I said uh, uh, yesterday in my, in my Twitter space. I said I completely understood. Again, admittedly, my untrained international football uh, formation and strategies, I uh, I, I understood completely why, why Kluwerth came off. I, I said word for word in that space that, you know, Tozer with his long throws and the fact that I think some of that as well had to do with the fact that Woking was down a man for 75 minutes of the match and they weren't getting forward as much. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely justified and, and I completely understood why Max came off uh, as, a, as a sub for Lee. Overall then, what was your, what was your, what would be your sort of uh, your, your summary of that game on, uh, on Saturday night? Yeah. Well, it might not have been Saturday night for you. It might have been afternoon. So, so yeah, Saturday afternoon. Um, it, it, it was uh, it, it was three points, you know, and, and there were there were still people um, after the match, understandably verified and in, in, in some frustrations here and there with, uh, you know, maybe the pace of play. And, and again, the midfield comes up time after time after time. But I asked the guys in, in uh, the Twitter space right after the match, following the match um, from, from some of the other great podcasts, I, I said, to add some perspective, and those were my exact words. I said, let me add some perspective. What happened last year when we went to Woking? Yeah, we lost. It was, it was it, yeah, it was an awful game. I didn't watch it. I wasn't, a, uh, I wasn't around then in the fandom, so to speak. But, again, just to add some perspective, you go to Woking last year, we get a loss. Uh, as I understand it, it was just a dreadful match and everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then this year we come away with three points. And, and that is a place I believe that very few teams are going to go and just walk through that side, walk oh, yeah. through Woking. They're, they're a good, they're a good damn team, man. They play yeah. great defense, even down 10 and multiple people, again, back to my original point, and back to answer your question, there were a lot of people frustrated because even though they were down a, a man at their side, Woking, uh, for, for 75 minutes of the match, it, a lot of people were saying it didn't seem like they only had 10 men on the field. We didn't, from our end, make it seem like they were down a man for a vast majority of that match, and that's completely justified. Again, that's not our problem. Their man made a mistake, fortunately for us. It was it, it was uh, a guy who I understood was an impact player for them, and he gets sent off with a red, and, and we come back home with three points. And again, that that's the name of the game. I, I said I said last night and caught a laugh. We scored more goals than they did. That's the name of the game. And, and even even as a newer fan and as an American fan, international football, I can understand that. When we score more than they do, we win. So I was happy with the three points when we came back home. Yeah, we'll we'll play better and lose. Um, that's, 100% you know that is just what will Absolutely. happen in, invariably that will happen um, and we'll play worse than that again and we'll scrape wins and so win. yes. I think in hindsight 
we we just take the points and all. I I don't look at the table too early, right. too early in this league because it's a long season. It's forty six games. Yes, um, and it's a long season. And what I will say is, you know, we've got to be in that top three or four at Christmas. Yes. So you might look at hear that and go, well, that's a bit underwhelming, surely. It's not because invariably then you no. kick off, teams kick on in that Christmas period. It's what we did in Stockport did last season, yeah. Um, and we just have to be there. Um, and you know, I, I, I say I, I don't look at the league, but I, I believe that we're one win away from second. If we win tomorrow, I think we go up to second or something. We do. So, yeah. As as bad as the start has been, nobody's no, nobody ever runs away with this league from start to finish. So uh, is it Chesterfield that are top? No, I'm not sure who's top. But I watched Barnet tonight, who were supposedly near the top. None of these teams will run away with it. Nobody ever does. Nobody ever leads it, really, really wins it from start to finish. We just have to be in the mix and then kick on. So, yeah. uh, you know, as long as we're there or thereabouts, that's all we need to be. To Absolutely. Be about. Absolutely. Good. So uh, I'm 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 making the assumption that you've seen it. I have. Uh, well, the two episodes. When I say it, I mean obviously I mean the, the two, yeah, the two the episodes two. that we've seen so far. Um, yeah. That we've seen. So you, uh, that was probably been one of the best things that you could see because it's giving you a real inside look at the. The, the, the football club and some of the people, maybe yes. some of the names like a Sean Harvey might not have come yes. come up before. Um, obviously, you'll have known, obviously, well, she's from the turf and stuff, but right. there'll be one or two names there that you perhaps haven't seen and there'll be more coming up, obviously. So just give us your, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you've talked about it already. So just give us a, just give us a summary on what it was like the first time watching that, seeing some sort of behind the scenes from the race course and what's going on and the stuff from the Zoom call last, you know, last year yeah yeah the the zoom call that that our co-chairman did with the supporters trust um that was that was the second video that i ever watched and that was two two and a half months ago now that that 40 46 minute or so video uh where they kind of you know gave their application so to speak to take over the uh to take over the club uh I, that was the second video i watched the first video uh was the trailer was the trailer for the, uh, the documentary. Um, but yeah, getting for me, it was, you know, I've done more hours than I care to admit, uh, of research on, you know, the, the current players and, and, and the town and, you know, uh, Parky and everybody that's currently involved in the club. You know, I, I'm very much up to speed on the people that are currently involved. But again, as a newer fan to the club, I didn't know who Paul Rutherford was. I knew of, I knew of Dean Keats, um, you know, through him speaking and through the other podcasts that have had him as a guest and those types of things. Um, but to put a face with a name, so to speak, um, was very insightful and, and very informational and educational for me, again, as a newer fan. Um, the documentary, I feel, is, is incredibly well done. And one of the things that I've said consistently is, you know, us having – a-lister, Hollywood, quote-unquote, that that term gets thrown around a lot, co-chairman, the entire show could be about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. But I told my girlfriend, uh, we actually, wa she watched it uh, for, I think the, we were watching it, she watched it for the first time 
uh, last night, actually. And I, I've seen it, God, four, four or five times now. And uh, the first two episodes, I'm all in, brother. Um, but she watched it for the first time. And um, just seeing her reactions and, and seeing her reaction to, you know, the Dagenham and Redbridge game and, and the match and, and, and all these things, uh, it's really well done. And the point I was making about the co-chairman, the, the entire show could be about them. And it's not, you know, they're, they're I agree. Yeah. 15, 20%, you know, of the show, uh, of the camera time, so to speak, is them. But seeing, you know, Humphrey come in and Sean's introduction and, uh, you know, the, the you know, uh, Sean Pearson and, and, and all these, all these, you know, members uh, of the side and of the team that, that I didn't know anything about before I became a fan. That's been the most educational part to me, uh, just learning about who's been there the last two years. And how much, um, you know, the, the new signees and, and obviously Parkey being our new manager and those types of things have come into effect the club. That, that's been the biggest thing for me is just the, I guess, the, the, the history education within the last two years. Yeah, so I, 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 thoroughly, I totally agree with that. The, the point that the, the focus really is the club and the town that yeah. just happens to have now an association with the owners. I think they're, they're obviously both very humble gentlemen to right. allow that to happen because obviously a different type of co-chairman would absolutely make it about them. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it definitely, it humanizes the, the co-chairman. Does it not? Yeah. The, the documentary makes him seem very, um, you know, and Ryan's Canadian. So he's nice. That's the, that's the, the general, the stereotype is that Canadians are all well-mannered and, and just nice in general. And they are. Um, but but it definitely humanizes them and shows you, you know, their their like minded side to just fans like you and me. And they don't they don't try to go above and beyond and make the documentary about them. They just kind of tell the story and what interested them. And, and it goes on to tell the tale. And I think it's really, really well done. Yeah, the production quality is excellent. The storytelling, yes. I think, in the first two. We can only talk about the first two because obviously we've not seen them. The storytelling in the first two has been really good. It sounds like we, we, we keep getting hints of what's coming on from adverts from the uh, mm-hmm. FX uh, Twitter and the sort of next time type of type of adverts. You know, they, they're promising that, that we'll see other characters coming through now uh, and other, you know, members yeah. of the community. So that's really yeah. cool. Uh, I think... Um, the one the, there was a there was one real cringe moment. I know Nathan from the Rob, Rob Ryan Red podcast <laughs> hints that there's one. I know coming. what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, he hints that there's one coming, and I I think that's the Mullin conversation about his money. I think I is 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 the one. But there was yep. one in this one where I was very uncomfortable. I know what you're going to say, Humphrey. Yeah, when he was in the meeting room with Dean Keats yeah. and the players. Yeah, I was, that was awkward. I, that was really awkward. That was awkward. I, I, to be, I mean, it's all, it's it's hard because we weren't there when they were filming. Yeah, that's so that's you have to put Absolutely. some context to it. Sure. But when Humphrey first goes in, even on day one, yeah. and he meets Dean, yeah. If you look at Dean's smile, it doesn't look like a natural smile. Yeah. It looks like a forced smile. Now that could yeah. be because it's his first day with a camera. In fr- I don't think it was like. But if it was one of the first days with a camera, maybe I'd have done the same. But it just didn't come across as very genuine. And then the bit in the meeting room where Humphrey, you know, is is basically trying to say, listen, I'm Ryan's guy. Any problems, come and see me. Um, I'm not here to tell you how to play football, lads. You know, leave that to you and to to Dean and the coaching staff. And I mean, you know, that reaction, 
I'd have, you know, I'd have, I don't know, I'd have liked Dean to do a bit of an introduction. You know, if that was my manager, yeah. if I was in control of this football club, if yeah. that was my, I have to manage people in my day job. I'd sure. want somebody to do an introduction. You know, it'd be nice to for, for a couple of them to, you know, shake his hand and what have you. But uh, it, it was just, yeah. it felt, and there was that sort of giggle, wasn't there, as as Humphrey left when the door, yeah, when the door, the door shut, shut yeah. and Dean sort that of looks was... out the glass yeah. with out the glass panel at the camera, and he's sort of there's yeah. a. There's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, well, this is a bit of a joke in it, sort of smile. Yeah. That was, I thought, you know, uh, I thought that that was really unfortunate. And um, to be honest, you know, that day Dean could have had Humphrey in his office, made him a cup of tea, had a great chat with him. We don't Absolutely. know that because we haven't seen Absolutely. it on camera. We right. can only talk about what we've seen, can't we? Um, yeah. And that that, for, for, and I'm I, as I said, I'm sure others probably said it in the spaces last night, but sure. um, that was for me was unfortunate. Um, and I just felt a bit like, oh, I, I wish that, <laughs> wish that wasn't our club that that had happened at. Yeah, no, it, I agree. It, it was definitely. Uh, I knew, I knew you. I knew where you were going with that. That was uh, sort of an awkward moment. And again, to, to add some perspective, like I like to say, we don't know. You're right. I agree. Um, we don't know what was said, or you know, it, it was just sort of a, the 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 perception of it was just a little off. It could have been, to be fair, it could have been edited out of sequence. So of course. Something, something could have been removed that caused the giggle and the laugh. And, uh, and right. But the way it was presented, yes. it was just a bit like, oh, really, lads? Come on. Yeah, you know? yeah. no, um, I agree. So, uh, so that, you know, that was the only cringe bit. The bits about, the, you know, the rest of it around it's telling fantastic stories about some of the Quality. people and there's more to come, which is, which is really, really good. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's bonkers for us, you know, this is Wrexham, nothing ever happens in Wrexham. <laughs> nothing ever happens in Wrexham. And now we've got, you know, I turned on Disney plus uh, to watch it. Um, and like the first thing that came up was the banner for the yep. documentary. Now, yep. normally when I turn that, I'll, I'll turn on Disney plus, the first thing is either the latest Marvel show or the latest yeah. Star Wars show, right? Yep. Both of which I'm a huge fan of, but Me the, too. First, the first, <laughs> you know, uh, so at the moment it's She-Hulk for, for, that we're getting over here. Yes. Um, and so for the, I was expected to turn it on and have to hunt around and find it, but it wasn't, it was there. It was the first thing that yeah. came up. That could have been coincidence for me, but it was number one. And then yeah. Shield was number two. So it was, you know, it's, it's bonkers for us. Uh, you, you honestly will have no idea how this is, is, is affecting people yeah. in Wrexham. It's just like, can't believe what we're seeing and what's going on. A, a simple documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's just you. Uh, when I showed it to my, and my girlfriend was super interested. She's been wanting to watch it. She's been uh, crazy hours and her day job and things like that. But um, we watched it last night. We, we watched it on Hulu and uh, exactly what you said, the exact same thing to Disney plus. And we pulled it up. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney and Wrexham and the Welsh dragon were the first things that pulled up. And I can only imagine from obviously a, an outsider's point of view, uh, internationally, that is, um, how how kind of crazy and, and just mental this is uh, for you guys who have gone through the last decade or thirty years or fifty years or whatever as fans. That that's again the consistently I keep hearing that I cannot believe this is happening and, and those types of things from Wrexham fans. And I, I understand it. There's there's some shock value in it, but there's a lot of of long term value for the club, which which I'm very very excited about. Yeah. I'm uh, I guess the, the, my last takeaway is that I've, what I've been surprised at is the amount of people from around the world 
sort of who have really already two episodes in are sort of making comments like that's it i'm a, i'm all in i'm supporting oh, yeah. you know I, I, yeah. where do i buy a shirt where do i buy yes. you know how can i follow your games and you know yeah. that th- those type of comments just from the two episodes you know the, yeah. we probably haven't seen some of the the best of the documentary and already sure. uh, i don't know whether you'll necessarily see it because like i go through the the wrexham hashtag and just have a look at what people are saying on twitter yeah. And, I do the same. Yeah. So, and you're you're seeing an awful lot of it, and so that has yeah. really that's been you know that that's been really good to see it, and that's exactly obviously what the club wants. You know, they want more fans, yes. broader sort of base, and obviously more revenue from sales. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, no, so it's I, a sh- it's a shame that there's not much left in the club shop. Uh, yeah. Due to, due I've to, also heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I've not really got to the bottom of what the issue is, but there has been some supply issues across football in the uk uh, kits and obviously merch uh, some clubs just didn't get their sort of new kits for the season until game one of the official season um due to sort of uh, some sort of issues uh, i don't know whether it's a brexit issue or what but yeah lots of people making that comment and i imagine yeah. that uh, sort of rob ryan um maybe 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 i guess humphrey gets a lot of stick doesn't he sure. uh, They'll be right. go, they'll be scratching their heads, going, "Well, what can we do here?" Because this is yeah. a you know this is a, a nightmare uh, when you can't even buy a mug or a scarf or a, you know uh, that's and and yet here we are with the documentary out in the open. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it, I agree about uh, specifically about the Twitter. You know, I go on social media, Twitter and Facebook, and those types of things, and I'll search the the Wrexham FX with the the dragon emoji, which I think is awesome. Um, that isn't that great. Wrexham, Wrexham you have FX to pay for them, hashtag. you know. That's Disney dollar that's paid for that. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure you wrote a, a hefty check to have that done, but um, I, you know, it, it, I, I search those things on Twitter just about every day to see who's saying what. And and you're you're absolutely right. The amount of international fans, and specifically over here in America, uh, North America, and in Canada, uh, people wanting to buy kits and flags and, and all those kind of things, which I I, I Totally understand it because I did that myself within the last couple of months. So I guess that naturally brings us on to this news tonight. Yeah. Um, which is uh, which is kind of broke. So let me just see if I can find the sort of official the official statement. So I know you said yeah. uh, I know you said you'd uh, you had seen it. Yep. Um, but let me just see if I can find the official notification and, and ryan has also tweeted i don't know if you'd have you he, seen, have you seen he that? did it was it was a pretty quality response from our co-chairman i i really enjoyed that okay so let me i've just i've, I've just uh, i've had me 10 minute warning on zoom to say uh, we're uh, we're running out of time but let's just try and do that let's just try and get to the basics of this yeah um so the basics of it are that um they wanted to be able to stream all the games domestically and internationally, irrespective of the fact that fans are back in stadiums. Because when when we were during COVID, they could stream games, you see, right? Um, and you you had to pay, but right. it was that was agreed because obviously clubs needed the money and they weren't getting the gate receipts. So absolutely. Uh, uh, so obviously, there's uh, so there was that. So the 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 basics of it are that they they've sort of put this application in. And from what we can gather, the National League sort of haven't even acknowledged that they've had this application, yeah. never mind approve yeah. it. Um, 
So as an international fan, I mean, I'm, I'm, so I'm a little bit luckier. I can't, I go to, I've got a, we've got four season tickets in this house. Right. So we, we yeah. so we go to every home game barring illness or sickness yeah. or whatever. Uh, we go to all the home games and then we go to a lot of away games. We do go to a lot, not all of them. So like yesterday we didn't, sure. we, we had family up and it was on the telly. So, you know, we, we got away with that. Um, but like, for instance, Dorking, we're, we're going to Dorking. We've got an eight o'clock bus to catch to Dorking this Saturday. So three of us, three out of the four of us will be going to Dorking. So we are lucky. We do go to a lot of them. But as an international fan who really relies on the streaming aspect of it, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I, I'm, I'm as a, a businessman myself, I, I'm. I don't understand why the Vanarama and the National League as a whole are not taking advantage of an opportunity to stream games and create revenues league-wide and not only create revenue league-wide for the clubs and for the National League in general, but to take advantage of not, not just an influx of Wrexham fans, but take advantage of fans of all of the clubs in the National League who are willing to pay money to watch to watch streamed games wherever they are in the world. Now, I understand there may be some concerns about, you know, well, well if you're in Wales and you can pay, you know, $10 or, or 10 pounds or, or whatever to, to, uh, to watch, you know, Wrexham uh, streaming and not go to the actual match at the race course, well, that may drop attendance. Maybe. But that's going to be, in my possibly uneducated opinion, but I feel like we've got a pretty strong pinpoint on this now. With the passion and the excitement in international football in general, I think that's going to be an incredibly small minority of people who are going to stay home and not go to the race course, especially if you live in North Wales. You're going to go to you're going to go to the damn match and see it. You know you're going to go see it in person. And then Ryan Reynolds and you may you may follow up with this, but but I thought it was great what our co-chairman said. He he as soon as the the story came out, the ruling came out that essentially the National League hadn't even you know, put it on the book, so to speak, and hadn't even it hadn't even uh, looked at it. He 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 came to Twitter and and put a couple of posts out, and and I did think it was great that he tagged every other National League team uh, in his you know kind of uh, consequent tweets. But it, it's baffling to me that they won't. And, and and Ryan Reynolds even said that the National League can have a percentage share or a cut of the money that's raised through streaming. Why yeah. would you not take advantage of this? I, myself, okay, take, take America, for instance. Yes, I'm a new fan. There are Welsh people who live in America who are from born and raised in Wales who are lifelong Wrexham fans that obviously can't go to the race course. But we are more than willing to take our money. We're more than willing to, to pay the damn money to watch a streaming game. And then our co-chairman is openly in a public forum saying that the National League can have a percentage cut of those proceeds. I don't understand at all why they wouldn't take advantage of that. So just going back to what you said, I've got, I've just, I'm making notes as you, uh, as you were writing. So you made a point 
Yeah. It, I mean, until we get a reply now from the National League, which presumably perhaps tomorrow they might put out a statement or something, it's hard for us to understand why they won't allow them. So we need that, you know, we need that, uh, yeah. we need that sort of answer back, don't we? Sure. But your point, your point is uh, uh, about people. What they might be thinking is people might stop going to games if they can pay less money, for instance, to stream it. Well, that's and like you rightly said, it's utter jargon. There is nothing, you know. There is no way I would want would have rather have been at home watching the Dover Six Five game last year, absolutely, as being the tech end, which is uh, is the the sort of home end behind the goal, yeah, which yeah. is where our season tickets are. Jumping on seats, you know, looking at people ripping their shirt off and waving them around in the air. Um, yeah. So that's a very that would be a very naive view, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you were spot on with that. Secondly, I know you want to. I can tell you want to jump in. Just hold that thought for a second. No, you're good. The the business element of it, which is what you're hinting at before. Well, the business element of it says, well, let's just imagine a couple hundred people did decide that they wanted to stream game rather than buy a season ticket. That will be counted many times over um, by the extra sales in. Uh, streaming of a, a game Absolutely. domestically, internationally. I mean, they should definitely be allowed to do it internationally. Definitely. Because yeah. um, so, obviously, I guess the complication might come that in this country, BT Sport obviously have the rights um, to the games. So they've got an element of control. So it's probably, this is probably BT Sports doing more than the National League. But I could be wrong. And as I said, maybe we'll find out. Um but they are so back. I mean, we live in a world now of what we call instant gratification, right? Oh, yeah. If, if, uh, I, I, I hope that means something to you. But if it doesn't, oh, yeah, I, it I does. can go on Amazon now, order something, and six to ten hours later, it can yeah. be at my house, right? Yeah. So we live in that world. And with with content, we, we've lived in that world for much longer. You know, Sky, we, we have a, 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 a satellite company, or to you, they might call them a cable company, uh, who has the Premier League over here, and even they straight, virtually straight away, they show goals. Just a very short goal clip on social media yeah. after yeah. a goal is scored, like you know, pretty much live. So we live in that world now, and this is archaic, old-fashioned. It stinks of either BT or the National League being old fuddy-duddy dinosaurs, not understanding the world we live in. No, I completely agree. Um, my point about, you know, from, from the business aspect of it that I made earlier, if you take the, I, I would say, 30 or 40 people maybe from Wrexham that wouldn't go to a race course match and would stay home and watch it if it was streaming uh, domestically in Wales, that is going to be insurmountably and exponentially offset from the money you would make just from new fans in, in, in over here uh, across the pond, y'all like to say, in the U.S. And not even just Wrexham. You think about the other clubs, um, some of the other clubs who have been in the National League for years who have grown their own fan bases and have fans outside of their own country and outside of their own city and town who have moved to uh, you know, the U.S. or South America or Asia or wherever those people are also going to be highly interested in paying whatever the fee is to watch each match. And that money is going to be exponentially 
exponentially made up, in my opinion, for people who wouldn't go to whatever home match uh, the, 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 the game was being broadcast from. I just think it's, I think it's a tremendous opportunity, and I feel very, very strongly, obviously, as do our co-chairman, as do you, as do – I would just say any National League club fan with a uh, half a brain – are going to agree that that the National League is missing out on a great opportunity, not just to make some money, but to grow the exposure for the league right now. Yes, that's the point I wanted to come on to, so I'm glad you said it. I'm in a a Facebook group uh, for the Vanarama National League of fans, and somebody had sort of uh, posted the article from the club, um, the statement, and uh, as you can imagine, rival fans are, uh, are sort of mocking us at the moment. Sure. Uh, because of the statements, as if as if yeah. trying to sort of make out that we want to make our own rules, etc. Et yeah. What right. they're naively missing is this fact: is that welcome to Wrexham will open up uh, this level of football um, to an audience and a new audience um, that are not necessarily all going to end up being Wrexham fans. So, Absolutely. like yourself, for every fan that's like yourself that does do it, does the research and thinks, I quite like that team. You know, I think that's the team I will follow. There'll be somebody else who says, well, I don't like red. I prefer blue. Uh, oh, Chesterfield's got a nice, <laughs> they've got a nice yeah. spire on the church. I think I'd rather support a Chesterfield. Uh, oh, and they've got some, this Shimanga guy sounds goody, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so, the, uh, and, the, and there's a, there'll be a similar story for lots of the clubs in the, in the National League, um, yeah. which is why I think they will try and rally other clubs into sort of into backing that point yeah. um, to, to the powers that be. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's just very, very naive in a, in a, I, in, you know, it's, it's dinosaurs in a digital world is what we refer yes. to. What we, what, what we refer to them as. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that's just my two penneth worth. And I, 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 the, the interesting thing is this, do you know, I missed one game last season cause I had COVID. Um, so a Tuesday night game, I couldn't go. Uh, and my other, my partner's dad took my season ticket, and he went instead. Good. If I could have paid a tenner to stream that game, I oh, would yeah. have paid the money. Yep. So you know, it, it, there's just so many variables. It's too, it's too simplistic to say, well, you know, it's going to stop people perhaps going to the stadium. The the reality is, it's not. Um, yeah. You know, the tendencies aren't going to suffer. Um, yeah. The reality is that it can only be a benefit. Um, in in some way, I think you know everybody's got TV sort of points now. We're at that level, yeah. you know, because because yeah. that used to be a thing. Not everybody had a gantry for a commentary, or they didn't always have. Sometimes they had to erect scaffolding and and this type of thing for for for. It. So that might be a there's a cost consideration, but I think most sure. of the teams in our league now are set up that you know with very little fuss and cost. There are TV uh, camera positions now. So right. I just I don't think there is any real, real reason. I suspect this will fall at BT's feet, because they are. We what we know, you know. Look, we have to wait till if we play on a Saturday. It's normally about twelve o'clock on the Sunday night hour time before they're allowed to release the highlights. Yeah. You know, whereas that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think, as yeah. I said, it goes back to the instant gratification thing again yeah. from before that people expect to see these things almost in real time now on social media yeah you know yeah i just think that the, the national if the national league were really clever at one point in this country we're going to catch up with the nfl sorry to keep going on about the nfl but right it's it's, it's, it's my <laughs> second sport you see so yeah sure so um 
and Game Pass change uh, uh, um, Game Pass obviously changes the game yes. a little bit, but Red Zone really yes. changes the really changes the game. And this is something that potentially the Premier League and you know if you're the National League, you should be trying new things. I agree to to attract more fans and an audience. So if you can imagine, uh, if I had to pay a little bit of money for a for a version uh, of Red Zone. I would absolutely not even think about that. You know, having that fact that, oh, there's a there's a corner at a game, let's go to it. And and we go yeah. to it, you know, you've got real there's real opportunities there. They're just so naive. It's so that's so frustrating. Uh, yeah. even to us. But worse for you because obviously it's harder for you to see a game. Yeah, yeah. And and, and maybe for, for just clarification, red zone, uh it, it, the NFL, American football, it's it's the equivalent of you know, where there's a corner at the Wrexham Gateshead game. So they will cut to the Wrexham Gateshead game and show that corner yeah. and then whatever happens there. And then 15 seconds later, uh, there's a penalty kick at, you know, Knotts County versus, you know, Maidenhead or whoever. And then they'll cut to that, right? Yeah. So I, I, it, my final point on this, bud, is – the other thing, this is kind of a, another way to think about it. It's not just the home matches for, so, you know, Wrexham, obviously with the documentary and the co-chairman and the takeover and all the storylines that everyone knows about at this point, it's not just the home matches. If you think about where a situation where Wrexham is the away side and we go to a smaller fan base, you know, one, one of the lesser sides in the league, one of the, the, the lower tables in the league with the smaller fan base. Well, that, that, home side whoever we go to as the away side they can get maybe a higher percentage of the cut from from streaming or whatever because they're the ones providing the streaming but Wrexham is going to have internationally thousands I would assume of people at this point who are going to watch that match because it's Wrexham it doesn't matter who the home side is they're going to watch it because it's Wrexham and then that home side will be able to increase their revenue and be able to increase their exposure exposure on an international level. So again, it's very, very confusing to me uh, why the National League would, would, not, would not go forward with this. And I know it falls with BT and those kind of things, but it, it, I just think it's, I think it's a great opportunity, not just financially, but also for international exposure for the Manorama that, that, that you know, we're just missing out on right now. I agree. We will we'll we'll <laughs> we'll save we'll save more for another day. Let's see what yeah, the yeah. let's see what the responses are now and let's see see how it plays out because this feels like a real it feels like a real power move yeah. Yeah. to sort of it feels like we're trying to twist their arm up their back. Sure. Uh, is how it feels. Um and it will be interesting to see how it unfolds. If that makes yeah. sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, definitely within the next couple of weeks, not only from the National League, but potentially from BT and, and see what happens going forward here. Okay, so tomorrow night, not one that you'll be able to see. <laughs> no. See now, unfortunately, because it sounds like that was that was the one that, you know, they've, they've sort of referred to this Gateshead yeah. game, haven't they? Saying they would hope to be able to stream it. Yep. Uh, internationally and domestically, um, so we so we we, uh, we we obviously we're back to the race course, which is always nice, and we're under the floodlights. And we've got Gateshead, so Gateshead have had a a, a poor start, I would say. Um, they've not been blown out in any games, but they haven't particularly yeah. they haven't particularly uh, obviously uh, you know that they, they've got no form coming in today. They haven't won. I think they've 
yeah. uh, have they? No, I don't think they've won a game yet. Um, they have not drawn drawn two, three, it, I believe it is. Three, is, is, it, two? is it? Yeah. Two or three, um, and lost the rest. So yeah. on paper, that's a game that Wrexham should win. True. Football isn't played on paper, is what we say. Uh, so, <laughs> so what? You, what? Before we get into the sort of team prediction and the scores, what's your sort of general feelings? Are you super confident given how we played at the weekend and got a win? Or are you, you know, uh, is the flip side to that that Gateshead can come here with no pressure because there's no expectation and causes a problem? What's your thought? Yeah. yeah, you know, we're starting to go on a streak here. And I, again, I said this on the Twitter space that was hosted after the match on Saturday against Woking. But as I understood it, um, and I, as I understand it now, Woking was was probably the, the most difficult, uh, um, you know, team-wise, uh, the opposite team rather in their sides uh, of these next five matches, including the Woking match. So I guess the next four. Um, so everything that we have encompassed uh, in, in this podcast so far would lead, I think anyone to, to think that, you know, we should get a win and we should come away with three points, especially it being a home match at the race course. Um, so I, I, I think it will be a win. Um, I will say Gateshead has had some, you know, they're still winless, um, but their draws have been good draws. You know, they drew against Knotts County, uh, which I think there's, I don't know if it's a majority, but there are several teams uh, in this league right now that would play Knotts County and be fine with a draw. Yeah. Um, They drew, uh, I think it was Barnett, uh, who's on a kind of a tear right now. So they drew against Barnett. I think the other one was Dagenham, I believe it was, um, that they drew with. So, Again, I'm confident going into tomorrow. Feel like it should be three points, especially when you add the home, the the uh, the home match, and the race course and the fans. Uh, I feel good about it. Yeah, when I when I was on uh, Twitter before, I think people were posting pictures of the sort of uh, online ticket buying uh, site, and I don't think, although the club haven't yeah. said it's a sellout, I don't think there was any tickets left. Yeah, no, I think it's a sellout. Yeah. So uh, I've not seen anything official to say it's sell out. They might not say anything, but sometimes they do put on Twitter that look we've sure. you know, we've sold out. So you know we've, we're going to have a packed house full of expectation, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, again we're going to this will be a different test for the lads now um, to yeah. sort of you know we're going to have to break down a team that's coming here with 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 no pressure on them at all. Uh, I yeah. don't think uh, so. Lineup wise. Um, I don't think, I mean, I've put out a couple of posts on Twitter lately, uh, you know, with diamond formations and things like that. The reality yeah. is that's not going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, Phil Parkinson <laughs> is very, well, historically, you see, Phil yeah. Parkinson is known for being pretty rigid in his thinking. Yeah, um, so it's fair, in my opinion, you can by all means say something different. I don't think he'll vary too much the formation. Right. It'll be more personnel changes potentially that he'll look at. Um, sure. So if I was to predict tomorrow the lineup, it's obviously going to be Howard in goal. Yep. As far as we know, there's no injuries, etc. So obviously, let's put that as a caveat because obviously nothing's come out to say anybody's injured. So I would expect the same centre backs um, as played at the weekend. Sure. I think the wing backs potentially will change. I, I just think one or both of them might change. Yeah. I agree. Uh, just to freshen it up a bit, um, even though I'm like I'm more of a Mendy fan than a McFadzian fan, but I think right. he might just give him a 
might give him a, a game. Uh, and again, I know you were particularly uh, praised Ford. Um, yeah. Hosanna at home could potentially do a, do a lot of damage with his pace and his dribbling. So I, I think there's the there's the place that we might see a cha- might see a change. Um, midfield, I think Jones will come out and O'Connor will come in. Um, Interesting. I, I, yeah, I just got a feeling that um, yeah that O'Connor might just come in at home and give Jones, yeah. again, give Jones a rest. Because if you were to look at the, the stats, obviously we don't get access to them, but they, they measure right. how far players run and yeah. um, et cetera. Uh, Jones runs a lot. Um, so here's a great opportunity to, to, to give him a rest, take him out the limelight. I think the majority of people, apart from the non-league paper, would tell you he wasn't at his best. So yeah. take him out, give him a breather, remotivate him. Um, and let's uh, you know, let's let Tom O'Connor get some 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 more time. I don't think he can take Young out at the moment, given what happened at no. Chesterfield. Yeah, no. So, so I don't think that's happening. Um, and then I think Lee, I think Lee comes in for Davis. I think it's going to be it would be incredibly harsh on Lee not to play him this game. Yeah. Um, personally, I suspect Mullen and Palmer will start up front. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I'd be amazed if he does. I mean, I wouldn't be against him trying Dolby for one of them and giving one of them a rest. But sure. knowing Parkinson as as we do now, I'll be amazed if uh, if he doesn't start Mullen and Palmer, and then perhaps I I, if he can, if he if somehow they can rack up a two or three goal lead, maybe after sixty minutes you could pull one of them off. Maybe he'd be, yeah. be more likely to do that than to start a Dolby. Um yep. but I'm I'm willing to be wrong. Um so that's what I think. I I don't think he'll change formation. I'd love him to, but I don't think he will. And I think it'll just be two or three personnel changes. Anything that you think he might do different? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, just uh, Mindy, you know, he, he did go down, and I understand it's, you know, minor. Cramp is what we're assuming. Yeah. yeah, hamstring hamstring cramp, it looked like, with the way he was being stretched out when he was on the pitch and things like that. So, uh, if anything, I, I would say Mindy maybe takes a, a blow, uh, we like to say, takes a break and, and maybe doesn't start. Um, so, I can see a different winger coming in, um, who it is. McFadden maybe um, I, I'm not really sure there, but I can see Mindy again with that cramp and and just you know precaution precaution prevails. Um, I, I definitely think uh, I don't think Dolby starts. Um, I think it may be a situation to where he comes in uh, potentially a little bit earlier than he did last Saturday. Again, even though it's still early in the season, three points at home or three points at home, we've got to put our best eleven and most prepared eleven on the pitch, in my opinion. So I see. Uh, Mullen and Palmer starting, Howard and goal, the three back ends, uh, Kluwer, Tozer, Hayden. I don't see anything changing there. Midfield, again, potentially midfield could change. Uh, I agree. Elliot Lee, hoping his fitness is is where it should be and, and you know where it's in a good spot at this point. And uh, he can come on and start and, and give one of those midfielders a rest. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. O'Connor could come on if he's fit and, and he's – um, you know, he, he's not nickered or anything like that anymore. I think he could come on and, and provide a, a spark in midfield. But again, maybe Mindy uh, midfield possibly, but I definitely think Lee or, uh, uh, Mullen and Palmer will start the match uh, tomorrow night. So just a quick, let's just throw a name out there, play devil's advocate, because there's a name that get, there's a lot of people saying, well, when's Tunnicliffe going to start? Tunnicliffe, I knew it, yeah. So that's just the only one. Yeah. We've not seen him at all. He's quite an experienced yeah. player. You'd expect to see yeah. him start. 
So if if Phil Parkinson thought, right, I've got to give him some game time. He has yep. to start tomorrow. So let's just play the game. He has to start. Who right. comes out? I don't think Cluerus can come out. In my opinion, I've, again, said this several times and made no bones about it. I'm a Max Cluerus fan. It's, it's, it's almost the underdog story. Young kid. Teams tried to attack him earlier. Yeovil did. Eastley did. And if they can't damn beat him. You know, and I'm not saying he's perfect, but as a younger cat on the squad, he's done an an unbelievable job. So I just don't think if you're if you're really saying, okay, we're going to win these three points at home, by God, I don't think Max Kluwer can come off. Uh, my opinion would would even even with Tozer and his and his throws and things like that. Uh, my opinion, if you're saying we have to play Tunnicliffe tomorrow night and give one of those three back end guys on defense a blow, it, it would be Tozer. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, as I say, Parkinson isn't in that position probably, um, but it's just interesting yeah. that there's a, there's a lot of call for Tony Cliff to play. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's that's it's it's okay saying he's going to play, but somebody's got realistically somebody's got to come out. So who do you pick? Sure. Uh, and I think I, th- I think I would possibly do the same. I think I would I would basically say to the to to, to Tozer, have a rest. You have a rest tomorrow. And my challenge to the team is, well, now, lads, we haven't got the long throw as a weapon. You're going to have to start playing some football. Yes. Are you up to it? Yes. I, I, compl- I, was, I was. It's so funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing earlier in the podcast when we were talking about personnel. And, and I, I was hoping you were going to bring up Tunnicliffe in this, in this situation, this subject. Because then when Tozer comes off and we don't have access to those long throws and that weapon that he provides, it becomes – can we play the ball through the midfield and can we have some reliance on set pieces and things like that, but it's more corner kicks and long throws, obviously with toes are off. And then on top of that, who is, who provides us that next uh, uh, weapon, maybe that secondary weapon, so to speak with throw-ins, who's the next best guy? Because Tozer's off now in this situation, so who can we who can we give you know match minutes to meaningful minutes and say okay now it's your time to put the ball in your two hands and throw this into the box and, and have another weapon by God if something happens to Tozer in the future or, or the rest of the season going forward. Yeah, we we have to learn to be. Uh, I mean, God willing, this won't happen. But Ben Tozer could get a serious injury at some point. We've got to learn sure. to play without him. Yeah. Uh, so defensively, you could argue that Tunnicliffe could be uh, defensively his equal. We yeah. don't know what Tony Cliff's distribution is like because we play a lot from Tozer, especially those long right. diagonal balls out to the wing yeah. backs. So we yeah. don't know if Tony Cliff can or can't do that. So at some point we need to start to understand, well, what el- what, what can we do? If Ben isn't there, what else can we do? Sure. Um, and we should be trying to learn. But you, you can only really find that out in a game. You, you could, Doing it in training is fine, you know but in a match, in a proper match situation. So tomorrow would represent a great chance to say, let's, let's, let's have a look what we can do. It's a yeah. game that our quality now, the squad that we've assembled, we should be able to scrape a win anyway, regardless of what fancy formation or what tactics we play. We should be good enough to win. Uh, that's not to say we will, but we should be good enough with all sure. due respect to Gateshead. Sure. So let's see. And who knows? If you put Tunnicliffe in there and all of a sudden, you know, he perhaps tries to carry it out from the back, which frees up some other players. You know, it might just kickstart something for us to find a plan B or a plan A 
and we, you know, what we've yeah. got now with Tozer becomes Plan B. Uh, yeah. I just think you've got to you've got to try it. It can't be so rigid in your thinking. We're too predictable for for teams. They all know we're going to line up, and they all know that our greatest threat comes from long throws and set pieces. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a um, a prevalent saying in American football, and I think this crosses over. From, from from what I've learned the last couple of months as an international football fan, and, and not just as a Wrexham fan, but learning more about the game and those types of things, there, there's a an adage or a saying in American football, and and I, <laughs> this may sound kind of kind of odd, but it, it says it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. Yep. It's not it's not your four four three, it's not your three five two, it's are you better than the man that you're marking? Are your strikers better than their defenders? Are your defenders better than their strikers? Is your keeper better than their keeper? Are your midfielders more quality than their midfielders? There's a lot to be said for that. And ours should be according to the salaries and the wages and those types of things. Um, but I agree with you. Like I said earlier, anybody that looks at this, even with an outsider's point of view, that's unbiased should say our side is better than theirs. Again, no disrespect. Uh, I think it'll be a super interesting game. I am I am very interested tactically um, to to see how they try to attack us specifically and attack our back end and attack our defense. I think that'll be interesting to to listen to Mark explain. Um, but again, I, I would say uh, uh, win for the Reds up to town. So I will emphasize, I will reemphasize something I said to somebody else actually online the other day talking about where can they listen to Wrexham because obviously BBC Radio Wales normally will uh, do a broadcast depending what's going on in the world um, and obviously there's Mark who does the official club um, uh, radio show live yeah. commentary live commentary uh, I cannot emphasize enough how good Mark Griffiths is uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever listened to the other the Radio Wales so you wouldn't necessarily know the difference anyway um, right. but I think you know he is very unbiased. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he, even though he is a very passionate Wrexham fan, he's very unbiased. So yeah. I would, I would always recommend people um, to listen to Mark over listen if you can, obviously, because um, uh, you know you've got to do that online as opposed yeah. to using a, a proper radio app and getting Radio Wales or being in a car and getting Radio Wales. So if you sure. can listen to Mark Griffiths because his commentary is. Really, really good, and I don't. I, I, I think you would potentially agree with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoy listening to Mark. I think he 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 does he does a great job of adding some humor and some some kind of levity to to the seriousness of the match as well, which I appreciate. Uh, again, as a newer fan and, and someone who's still learning about it, he he does a quality job. I'm a big fan of Mark Griffiths. Yeah, he's excellent. So score wise, I think in my last prediction, I said Wrexham would win this game three one. Um, I think uh, I said. I think I said. I can't remember who I said. I had the conversation with somebody the other day. I can't. I can't remember who I said would score. I think Palmer will score. I got a feeling Lee might score, and a, a, one of the back three, probably a probably Hayden, uh, just because uh, he is so good in the air. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get a goal. And at the moment, I don't fancy us keeping many clean sheets. We just don't look quite set. At the, not quite set at the back. Um, so I, I I always think we'll concede one, but I've got confidence in the weaponry that we've got to to go and get two or three. So tomorrow, that's my prediction is three one. Give us yours. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say three one, but now I feel like I have to say differently. You got to answer first. That's not fair. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 
my initial initial answer was three one. Um, now hell with it. I'll I'll, I'll still go three one. You can do that. Uh, That's five. That's five. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Th- it's it's a little boring, but I, I'm still gonna I'm gonna stay with three one. Completely agree uh, about clean sheets in the back end, including Howard. Um, feel like they'll they'll you know by God whether it's a world lead like that guy scored at Yeovil uh, or or whatever it is a penalty by chance or something like that. Um, but still up to town three one Reds. I'll say Mullen uh, Mullen Davies. I'm gonna go different. I, I'll say. I'm going to go Bryce Hosanna, goal number three. I've got to be different somehow. (laughs) There's not, there's not a prize on this, you know, it's not yet. Not yet. So thank you once again to Michael, who very generously gave up a couple of hours time. Although it's not a bank holiday for them. He did tell me he had just finished some yard work. So that implies that he'd been working hard. And he was enjoying a whiskey and Sprite and his cigars as usual. So it's much appreciated, Michael. And uh, we'll hear from him again very soon. And I say for those of you that listen to the spaces that the guys at Fearless and Rob Ryan Red do, you'll hear Michael's a very regular contributor, which is great. Another new a new fan that we've got who's spreading the word in America in the cigar club, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a few others that uh, that that will join us very very soon. So we'll leave it there. Thank you to everybody, obviously, for downloading the previous podcasts and for interacting on Twitter. It's all much appreciated. I hope this will pass a little bit of time tomorrow pre the match for you, and. Uh, Let's hope we're uh, we'll be back later in the week to preview, obviously, the weekend's game, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, a win for the Wrexham up the town. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town a city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey. We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home
from a talent like Joey Jones And his best mate Mickey T Diane Davis was a druid He loved Cumbry And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield like Trinidad We've had great plays And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs Seeing it all unfold Right before our eyes We've done it all the wreck some way We'll remember everything On that promotion day I've been telling everyone I see I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mum and dad fees Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league